Hello, and welcome to another episode of Wildly Basic West. And if you're new here, thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Elizabeth. I'm 26 years old. I live in Denver, Colorado. And this podcast is really born out of a desire to just connect on a deeper level with my followers. I run a bit of a wellness and lifestyle account on TikTok. And on top of that, I work a corporate nine to five. So my life is really a bit of a balancing act, balancing my passions along with my work and then my personal life on the side. So in today's episode, I'm going to try to dig into as many of your sobriety questions as possible. I put up a little question box on my Instagram story a few weeks ago, and so I'm just going to be going through some of the most commonly asked questions, um, everything from my feelings, my struggles with the early days of sobriety, how I've been navigating my relationships, going out, etc. Um, and then we're going to get specific into some of my favorite mocktails and just general wellness tips around sobriety. And if you're looking for a little bit more content, on my sobriety journey in specific, I highly recommend tuning in to the episode I put out right before this. I dig into all the nitty gritty regarding my history with alcohol, um, alcohol abuse, and how I came to the conclusion that sobriety was the best option for my mental and physical well-being. Okay, so I'm just going to dig straight into the questions. And first and foremost, one of the most commonly asked was how I'm navigating being sober with going out and having a social life. And in full transparency, if I'm able to reflect on some of the barriers that I think have kept me away from sobriety in the past, this was a huge piece of it. I am by nature a pretty anxious person, and so the thought of trying to go out and trying to be social without having alcohol as a lubricant felt insurmountable to me. It just felt like sobriety and having a social life were incompatible. And one of the funny things about getting sober is all the clarity I've begun to have and all the ways in which I've been able to kind of deconstruct these lies that I told myself over the years about why I needed alcohol, right? And one thing in particular that keeps popping up is I was thinking back to my boyfriend in college had told me once, you are way more fun when you drink. And at the time, it seemed like a totally throwaway comment, and everyone was binge drinking all the time in college, and so I was like, yeah, of course I'm more fun when I drink. Everybody's more fun when they drink. But I'm realizing now, like eight years later, there's still a part of me that was holding on to that and had this complete fear that nobody actually liked to be around me, they were just tolerating me, and the only way that I could be fun and likable and affable was to be drinking or to be drunk. And so the morning after the last drink that I had, it was like, I don't know. It was like I was able to deconstruct that statement in a second. I was able to have this clarity and finally see, no, drinking does not make me more fun. In fact, drinking has become this truly destructive force in my life that's kind of acting as a wall between me and getting deeper in any of my relationships. And kind of secondary to that was realizing that so many of my drinking habits came from a place of shame. They came from a place of insecurity and they were just exacerbated by the secrecy that I had kind of enshrouded myself and my drinking in. And don't get me wrong, I was fucking petrified to tell the people closest to me that I had been struggling secretly with this addiction for the larger part of eight years. But I knew, again, because secrecy was such a big part of my problem, that radical honesty, radical transparency, and radical accountability was the only way that I was going to be able to get through this journey. And so a couple friends and I have a standing happy hour, and 
we had gone out to dinner and I was kind of sitting there and they had ordered their drinks and I'd just been like, oh, you know, I drove, so I'm just going to get a water. And then we were talking about something else and all of a sudden it was like, I just couldn't keep it in anymore. And I'm like, I, I have a drinking problem. I am getting sober and I'm really scared to tell you guys about it because I don't want our friendship to change. And that was one of the scariest yet best moments of my journey so far because I was just so covered in love and support in that moment. And in my head, I had built it up to be this huge and shameful thing to share. And just by their response being so positive and so affirmative, I all of a sudden felt all of this shame and all of this guilt that I'd been holding in that had been such an integral part of why I had been drinking in the first place, it just fell away and I felt so free and it was this crazy, like almost instantly our friendship was shifting to a place where like we'd always been able to be open and honest with one another, but now nothing was off limits. There was no judgment. We were just in a place where we wanted to love each other and watch each other grow into the best version of ourselves. So all this is to say, if you're getting sober um, or even if you're just sober curious and you're a little bit nervous to tell your friends, A, if they don't respond well, that tells you all you need to know about that person. So it can be a really effective way of weeding people out of your life that don't belong there. And B, I think you will be pleasantly surprised by how many people are ready to just be a pillar of support for you on this journey. And also, one of the funny things is I've found so many of my friends have been relieved. Like, we don't need to go out to the bars and drink all the time anymore. We can go to a workout class. We can, you know, try a fun new cafe and grab a coffee instead of doing, you know, all this late night drinking and binging, etc. So it's it's in no way am I spending less time with people. It's just the way that I'm spending time with people. How I'm spending time with people is different, but it feels much more intentional and it feels much more fulfilling. So that is a lovely, lovely takeaway. On the flip side, I would say that I definitely have found my patience waning a bit. Like, for example, we went out to this Halloween party last weekend and I didn't know many people and I found that like after about an hour and a half I was just ready to go I was the only sober person there I was like all right all right all right when is when is the bus leaving and so in in certain social situations I definitely feel I don't know if awkward is the right word but just a little bit more impatient and sometimes awareness can make you a little bit more anxious in the moment like you can be hyper aware of yourself, of people around you, of how you feel like you're being perceived. Um, but I would say at this point, it's it's been pretty minimal, which has been nice. But I also want to be really careful and caveat this by saying that this is working for me right now in my sobriety journey. I don't know that this will always work for me. And what I mean by that is I feel completely fine right now being around people that are drinking, going out and not drinking. However, I'm not ruling out the fact that at a certain point, at certain times in my life, I will feel the urge to drink so strongly that going out and being around a bunch of alcohol will just not be a healthy or smart choice for me. So if you're in a place where you're like, I just can't be around alcohol right now without wanting to drink, that is so normal. That is actually probably the most normal response to being around a bunch of alcohol is being like, oh, I wish I were drinking too. And so again, just be really mindful of that. And that's something that 
I'm going to have to hold myself really accountable for. And I think it's going to, again, be a lesson in just letting go of what I think other people are thinking about me. It's going to be basically not giving a shit if that person thinks it's weird that I'm staying in or that I can't go out because I'm going to be tempted to drink. Like, really not their problem at this point in my life and probably throughout my life, like my sobriety is the most important thing to me. And so I need to protect that at all costs. So another question that kind of piggybacks off of this is how I feel included when I'm out with friends or a group that drinks. So at the most basic and tactical level, I just always order a mocktail because I think one of the most isolating things is if you're sitting there with a glass of tap water and everyone around you has a really fun drink. So my go-to, you can get this everywhere from a nice restaurant to a dive bar, is uh, soda water with a splash of pineapple juice and a couple limes thrown in. Super good, super refreshing, and kind of a fun drink. Um, Another thing is you can basically ask them to make any cocktail in the menu a mocktail. I think they get it more often than you would think because no one has ever batted an eye when I've asked that. And then usually I will confirm before they bring it to the table that it is made without alcohol. I find that super important because sometimes things can get lost in translation. Um, Or if I'm, you know, feeling a little bit spicy, I'll get a Diet Coke here and there. And then on more of a mindset level, this is totally contingent on your level of comfortability. So, you know, if you're with your really close friends, chances are you will feel a lot more comfortable talking about being sober versus, you know, if you're going out with either on a first date or, you know, you're with some new people that you haven't had much interaction with before. I I just, you know, you don't you don't owe anyone anything. I guess this is the long and short of it. I don't need to, every time I go out and don't have a drink, tell people, oh, well, I have an alcohol problem. I have a drinking problem. That's why I'm not drinking. Can I get a Diet Coke? Because the truth is, when you're in the early days of sobriety especially, right, like all you're thinking about is drinking and not drinking. That is all-consuming in your mind. And so by proxy, it can be easy to convince yourself that everybody around you cares just as much about your drinking or lack of drinking as you do. And 99.9% of the time, they don't give a shit. They don't even notice. But if you are, for example, maybe in a phase of your life where you are dating around and you go to dinner and someone asks you about it, you don't owe them an explanation again. But if you feel uncomfortable and you just want to put it to rest, you can say anything from, I'm not drinking right now. Mm, I have an early morning. I have a workout class. I'm doing a no alcohol dry week. I am allergic to alcohol. It can be any number of things. And if you need to tell a little white lie, tell a white lie. It is not a big deal. And just because I love to beat a dead horse, um, if you are again at a place where you feel like you can't go out without wanting to drink or you can't go out and have fun sober, that is okay. Hold space for that and take some time to dig into that, whether it's through journaling, or I highly recommend seeing a therapist, talking to other people that are sober. Take some time to figure out like what is the deeper thing that is preventing you from feeling like you are a person worthy of love, worthy of fun, and worthy of fulfillment, even when you're not drinking. Okay, next question. Am I sober curious or do I actually have no plans to ever drink again? So again, I would definitely listen to my previous episode if you want to hear more about this, but no, I can confidently say that the drink that I had in September is the last drink that I will have, God willing, for the rest of my life. 
it's not fun to admit that I have an alcohol addiction, that I have a drinking problem. And as a total aside, I have had some people on TikTok take issue with me using the word addiction, which I think is very funny because addiction looks like a million different things to a million different people. So I will continue to use that word because it is one that describes my situation aptly. And I've also worked with medical professionals to come to that conclusion. So that's just a total aside. Um, But yeah, unfortunately, like there is not a world in which I will be able to build a healthy relationship with alcohol. It is a sickness and it's something that is just not going to be a part of my life going forward. Another really commonly asked question was in regards to my boyfriend's response to me not drinking. So if you've listened to my previous podcast, watched some of my TikToks, the big catalyst for me getting sober was the fact that I was picking a lot of the same fights with my partner over and over again and that I felt like it was really beginning to erode our relationship. I always try to be incredibly mindful um, and intentional when I talk about or reference anything in regards to my romantic relationship publicly just because while I have chosen to publicize my life, that is not a choice that he made for himself. So I'm just going to talk about this from my perspective and that is that he's, I mean, simply put, he's just been very supportive. This has been something I I cannot describe how good and healthy it's been for our relationship he still drinks. He He's able to, you know, he's, he's fine. He drinks. He has a healthy relationship with alcohol. I did not. Um, so it was something that, that I removed from my life. But again, incredibly respectful, incredibly supportive. Um, and it's just, it's, it's brought us closer in so many ways because A, I'm not picking fights 24 seven. I am, I am just growing into the person that I never thought I could be, but always wanted to be. And that's a person who's just a lot more confident, doesn't need constant validation and affirmation. Like he, don't get me wrong. He's very good at, you know, like telling me affirming and validating things, but I would need it in excess before, especially when I drank to the point where it was almost like I was invalidating the fact that he told me those things in the past because I was constantly questioning it without any real reason to question it. Um, so yeah, long story short, it's been, it's been so positive. And if you feel like alcohol is something that is causing a lot of rifts in your relationship, again, it's a personal choice, but I think it's a really, it's a really interesting thing to remove from the situation to then see how you feel. And so I also got a question asking what happens if your partner is trying to guilt you into drinking on special occasions just because they don't want to drink alone. And while I can't speak to this from experience, all I will say is I have made it incredibly clear to people in my life that my sobriety is more important than anything else right now. And if somebody is going to try to pressure me into drinking, someone is going to try to pressure me into breaking my sobriety, I am always going to choose my sobriety over them because it is much more important to me and to who I want to be and to what I want to do with my life. And if they can't support me becoming the best version of myself, making healthy, informed decisions for myself, then they're really not someone that should be in my life. This kind of ties into another question that I got asking, like, what is one of the most unexpected things you've learned about yourself through sobriety? And for me, it has been boundaries. I have historically been horrible with boundaries my entire life. Like, we're talking, I would 
see a guy that I met on Hinge like twice and then offer to take his dry cleaning in for him. Like I was, <laughs> I was absolutely abysmal when it came to boundaries. I let people that were really toxic stay in my life for a long time because I always felt like I owed people something and that I didn't have the strength or that I didn't have um, like enough people around me that I could just be cutting people out of my life willy-nilly, even if they'd proven to me time and time again that they didn't have my best interest at heart. And really what so much of that came down to is that I had so little respect for myself. I had so little love for myself that I always put everyone before me because I didn't believe I was worth the time or I was worth the investment. And what sobriety has taught me is that my worth is infinite. I am so worthy of love. I am so worthy of success. I am so worthy of, I don't know, just just being a person that gets to live a fulfilling life. And the day, the moment that you make the decision that you are worthy of happiness with no fucking caveats, not I deserve happiness because I'm sober. I deserve happiness because I'm skinny. I deserve happiness because, you know, I, I make X amount of money. No, when you when you realize that you deserve happiness simply because you are, simply because you exist, everything changes. And boundaries now naturally happen because I'm not putting my relationships above all else. I am putting my sobriety above all else. And putting my sobriety above all else is basically the same thing as saying I'm putting myself above all else because those things are inextricably connected to one another. I literally cannot be the best version of myself. I cannot live this fulfilling life if I am not sober. So those things are tied. So it's teaching me to say no. It's teaching me to ask for what I actually want ask for what I need. It's teaching me to seek out help when I feel like I'm at a low point or a weak point. It's teaching me that support and needing support is not weakness, it's strength, and it's actually incredibly enriching to my life. And so if you're an anxious or insecure person, like you know that boundaries are generally really, really hard. So I cannot stress enough how good it feels to stand in my power and to be able to build the life that not only I want, but that I know is good for me. Okay, so I'm going to finish this out with some of my favorite non-alcoholic things that I'm drinking right now. One of my favorite little fall situations has been doing um, the Trader Joe's Spiced Apple Cider, just getting that nice and hot. And then I will do a shot of the Ritual Zero Proof Whiskey. Full disclosure, they sent me like their full range of Zero Proof Spirits, but it still has that really nice like warming sensation that you get through whiskey. And sometimes I'll add like one of those ginger powder packets from Trader Joe's, or you could also do like some sort of spiced orange tea bag to steep in it, but it's just delicious. It feels like a very lovely fall treat and it's super, super cozy. And this isn't a mocktail per se, but I am a huge fan of like a healthier hot chocolate moment when the weather gets colder. So my go-to right now is I'll just do raw cacao powder. I'll put in some stevia. I know not everyone's a fan of stevia. You could do maple syrup. You could do some local organic honey, whatever floats your boat. And I'll whisk that up in some coconut milk. That's my favorite. It's always so creamy, so delicious. A ridiculous, borderline offensive amount of cinnamon. Um, and then sometimes I'll put in like a little bit of ashwagandha powder or maybe some reishi drops. Kind of depends how I'm feeling. But that's always like a really fun um, drink to have in the evening to wind down as well. 
So if you've made it this far, thank you so much for tuning in. I am so grateful for all of you who make it over to my podcast platform. I just, I feel like it's just a nice way to connect on a bit of a deeper level. Doing minute long videos on TikToks or little stories on Instagram just often doesn't allow me to fully articulate um, I, don't, I don't even know if I, I, I articulate things well on this podcast, um, but it's just nice to be able to kind of tell my story um, in, in a more full and complete way. So thank you again. As always, you can find me on TikTok and Instagram at Elizabeth. Feel free if you have any questions, you can always DM me. I try to check them semi-regularly. I've been a little bit backlogs lately. Um, or you can always email me. I see those more frequently than I see my DMs. So thank you so much and make sure to rate the podcast if you liked it and subscribe so that you don't miss another episode.